0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to
1: your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
0: Keep your whole home running like clockwork. From the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply.
1: This is the Cubs Related Podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. It's good to talk to you guys again. I think that the week between episodes uh, that we are now ending as you're listening to this is close to the longest we've gone without a podcast uh, maybe in the last couple years here. So it was was... Uh, good to maybe step away for a second but you know Brendan and I we can't resist uh talking Cubs baseball with you even when there is no Cubs baseball uh for us all to enjoy or suffer through depending on uh, your viewpoint <laughs> more, of more so suffer yeah but we are coming to you on a Thursday evening it's about 10:30 in Chicago and Brendan the temperature has dropped in Chicago uh, it was a, a bit of a, a frigid evening tonight, and, uh, you know, that is in contrast to the Chicago Cubs, who, as of us recording this podcast, are a little less chilly this wow. evening. Wow, you had that one written down, didn't you? Had that one worked up. Well Not even done. that good, but, you know, well done. I thought, I thought, all right, I know, we got to do something there. Thank you. Uh, but... In case that pun was not uh, over the head enough, the Cubs fired Chili Davis. We learned uh, earlier this evening that he would not be back. He had been informed that his time with the Chicago Cubs is over. Uh, So as we kind of speculated in the last podcast, talked about, you know, kind of where we were on that. Uh, Now we can officially look into that and, and, you know, kind of break that down. We only got the report that he will not return. uh, So we have not heard from Joe or Theo or anybody on the decision to relieve Chili Davis of his duties as the hitting coach for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, But that, I think, will be a pretty big focal point of this podcast here, this week, uh, we'll look a little bit at the NLCS, as Brendan and I prepare for uh, a pretty pretty close to worst case scenario there in the NLCS. Um, yeah, that is uh, a yeah. difficult choice for both of us, as you guys know, uh, you've heard us talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers quite a bit on this podcast, and I think you guys can assume how we feel about the Milwaukee Brewers. So this is uh, not a great choice for us. And then, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit about how we're feeling about the, the off-season and just the general state of the Cubs, uh, now that we are a week removed from the wild-card loss, playoff exit, and, you know, I've had a moment to process this all. But, uh, Brendan, I, I have nothing to recap, unfortunately, so I will, I will throw it to you.
0: How are you? What's going on? Uh, tell, us, tell us about your life, Brendan. Wow. Uh, first off, thanks for asking, Corey. My life is less stressful since the cubs got eliminated from the playoffs in a weird way i guess i'm watching more football thank god the bears are playing well which by the way you can still get tickets to those games um they're readily available you want to go see mr Trubisky play you can do that and even with the bulls coming up and the Blackhawks around the corner as well you can see all these teams play through sea geek and you know what getting these tickets can often be far too complicated there's hundreds of sites, varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being their person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you all know, I always use SeatGeek. Always use it. I used it for the past two years with getting my baseball tickets. i um, going to try to go see the Lakers this year. Being in LA, I know, disgusting, but I'm going to try to go see them. I will be using SeatGeek. By searching multiple ticket sizes and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately. Identify the best seats that fit your budget. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, our listeners, you guys get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code CUBSRELATED today. That's promo code CUBSRELATED for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. And you know what? If you use that SeatGeek promo code CUBSRELATED, tweet at me. Tweet of Corey, it does help us know, you know, who's using this and it helps everyone else get uh exposure to use that promo code. But uh, you know what? This Chili Davis firing kind of is a relief to a degree. And I say that not as a condemnation towards Chili Davis, but almost as like, okay, there was a problem based on what the Cubs players said. It aligned with what we saw, it aligned with the data, and hopefully the Cubs can learn from this, the front office can learn from this, get the right personnel to help these guys develop. So that's where I am. I I, I do think, like, in a weird way, this offseason could be, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but, like, sometimes... As, as Theo put it, like player development's not linear, right? Sometimes you need to fail on this level to truly get the right people in there, and it sucks. Like th- Their development was delayed a year back, right? But at the very least, you know, like instituting these extreme philosophies, which is what Chili Davis was. He has an extreme philosophy. Let's not kid ourselves here. Did not work. So that's where I am. I'm, um, of course, still disappointed with how the development went this year with a few of the guys, but at the same time, I'm relieved, Corey. This, this, is, this is a relief that Chili Davis is no longer the hitting coach, not because it's Chili Davis, but because Theo felt so strongly that this was the solution to the offense. And nine out of ten times, I defer to those guys making those decisions. They know what they're doing. What the players said was scary in terms of how Chili Davis changed their swings, but overall, it's a relief. Yeah. So, and
1: just for clarity, what you're referencing there is I think it was Dan Bernstein on, on Twitter today from Six Seventy The Score, uh, who and with this and something else we'll talk about probably later in the show, uh, always consider the source or just you know keep it in the back of your mind to be uh, always skeptical of things. But on the surface, Dan Bernstein and Six Seventy The Score are talking about how you know, they had spoke to people within the Cubs and, and sources that they have uh, that the exit interview process was rather revealing for this decision to uh, move on from Chili Davis and that there had been a lot of opinions expressed that there was too much tinkering and and just too much change uh, in terms of the hitting philosophy and hitting mechanics. Right, right. Um, and when you're hearing that from a lot of players, you know, again, if the report is to believe, but it, you know, lines up, I think with some of the stuff that we've seen and definitely wondered about already, um, you know, that that's definitely a nail in the coffin type thing. We talked about, you know, how, and me specifically, I, I was really on the train of, I just don't know how you like re-inspire confidence, in this when the offense was you know really clearly wearing the burden of of this last season and its failures I just it, it seemed like a ticking time bomb that you know how do you re-inspire confidence and how do you not have this be the focal point anytime going forward there's a problem with the offense you know if they bring over Bryce Harper and he hits 250 or something like that for the first week of the season you know it's going to be Chili Davis nonstop right. and that doesn't necessarily make it Chile's fault, you know, or that he's a hundred percent to blame for the offense or anything. Uh, but it just it felt like a situation that was just too messy for them to to go forward with. And then you hear this, you know, potentially from the players, and you know, it all just kind of lines up to yeah, you know, this this sort of seemed uh, like a natural move. And you know, to your point, Brendan, it it does I, I think it, it inspire confidence or at least kind of reaffirm, you you know, your belief that Theo is not messing around this offseason because he spoke in that presser, in addition to deriding the offense quite a bit and quite candidly, he also spoke about how coaching turnover and a lack of continuity from year to year is also not a good thing. So, you know, if they made this decision, they felt that this had to be done. And, and, you know, because he, he did not you know you don't want to have three hitting coaches in three years you know it's like the bears with jay cutler right when you know they have a different offensive coordinator every five minutes you can blame jay cutler but at the end of the day that's not a good situation to put people in so Mm -hmm. given that theo admitted that and they fired him anyway and will bring in their third hitting coach in three years unless they find a way to bring john malley back uh you know that means that they're pretty serious about this and that they uh were comfortable in admitting like, yeah, we, you know, got that hire wrong and we're going to have to suffer the
0: consequences now. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point too, is, and I want to carry my words carefully here because I think a lot of fans are going to point the finger at Chili Davis, but you know what, Corey, like that was an intentional effect. That was an intentional hire to change the Cubs players, Theo, Jed, Jason McLeod, and Joel Madden agreed that this was the route to go. Guess what? It didn't work. So this is not saying, oh, Chili Davis sucks, whatever. It didn't work for these te- for these for these groups of players. It just didn't work. And they rolled the dice a little bit, the front office rolled the dice a little bit. And to be fair, like everyone was on board. I loved the Chili Davis hire when he they first announced it. I really, really liked it. Because I think at the time I was so interested, and I think a lot of fans too are interested in how you can take these developing guys like Schwarber, like Baez, like Contreras. how do you take them to the next level? And I think it was obvious. They all had a whiff issue, right? So the natural solution was to get a guy who can, who can kind of bring those traits together and not strike out that much and optimize. It didn't work. It just did not work. It was too extreme for these guys. They were... Who knows, like you said, Corey, with Bernstein, whether or not those are legitimate quotes or not, but I find it hard to believe that they're not legitimate quotes, that the players themselves did not express confidence in Shilly Davis. They said, like you said, that they just had too much tinkering going on, and that's it. You move on. You eat your curl a little bit. You reevaluate, even as a front office perspective, whether or not... That was and will be the direction to go to in bringing in these extreme philosophies. Or, you know, you just hope that a lot of these guys you have, even though they have a whiffing problem, even though they have some, some bad, unappealing traits, they'd get it together. At the same time, though, like, even though Shilly Davis, I think the effect around Shilly was not positive, but you saw, like, Hayward rebound. You saw, of course, Javi Baez break out. And you know what? When we were writing about the spring training performances on CubsCenter.com, we mentioned like, hey, look, Javi looks different. Look at his batting stance. Look at his approach. It looks a little different. And what, that, what did that happen? What did Javi do this year? He broke out. He swung at so many pitches outside the strike zone still, so he didn't really adopt that philosophy per se, but Chili did help him get to that level. So it's not as if this is a complete failure by Chili Davis. To be honest, this is a failure- by the front office and joe maddie bringing in someone like chili davis who just couldn't really reach that general effect for everyone and that's kind of where i am right now in terms of being relieved because i feel as if there's no more fooling around Corey. these guys are getting older schwarber he's going to be 25 Contreras is approaching 27 kb's going to be 27 soon there's no more fooling around. Like you kind of know what you have. And Theo said as much, it's time to start evaluating these guys in terms of production and not talent. And I think that's the direction you're going to go this offseason. Right.
1: And I think one response to this move that I've seen quite a bit of that I don't really agree with uh, is that this move is in a way, you know, making Chili the scapegoat for the offense. And I I really disagree disagree with with that take on this. Uh, Firstly, because I am 99% positive. Uh, I can't be for certain, but I'm close to it that Chili Davis is not going to be the only casualty of the 2018 cubs what do you and, mean by like player you
0: know, personnel or like coaching yes. staff okay
1: i i would think that the rest of the coaching staff returns though you know i did read a report recently that brandon hyde you know is in consideration for some open jobs uh but i think we're gonna see some changes so i don't i don't necessarily think that this is like uh get rid of chili bring in a new hitting coach and everything is you know hunky-dory now I think this is just step one, and you know because we're not in the player movement portion of the off season, this is just the only thing that's happened so far. So I, I think for that reason and, and others, I, I don't really see him as a, a scapegoat of anything. Theo talked uh, several times in that press conference, like you just mentioned, Brendan, that everybody was on board with this decision. They they knew what they were doing. They knew what his philosophy was and they wanted to bring it over. He also talked about not wanting to sacrifice the power and the ability to take walks, which happened uh, throughout the year, and especially in the second half. And that's what I think it is. I don't think it's a scapegoat. I I think it's just this did not work, and we don't want to go forward with it. It's, It's really that simple. And so I just, yeah, that's just one I think particular response to this that I just didn't really agree with. I don't think they're scapegoating Chili Davis. I think that it's sort of what you were just saying, Brennan. Like it's more of a the heat is on. The heat is on everybody. Joe Madden has one year left on his contract, and we're switching hitting coaches. They switched pitching coaches last year, and, and you know, Joe again, Madden we, wanted.
0: He was the main guy who wanted to bring Chili in. Like the right. That, that so was I, I don't. think like, This is kind not on Joe totally but this is a this this decision may have been driven by Joe Madden's desire to change these guys and that's well, and him. it really puts you know it, it's not like
1: like i said it's not like okay chili's gone everything's fine you know it was totally his fault it, it's it's almost the opposite it's but like n- hey guys exactly, chili's yeah. gone the heat's turned up yeah. right not that's yeah. a terrible pun i didn't mean to do that but <laughs> like the heat is turned up now. Like you're talking about a manager who has one year left on his contract. You're nearing the point where some of these players are, you know, you're a couple years away from, from big decisions in terms of their free agency or extensions with them or arbitration raises. Like this is, like you said, Brendan, in the last podcast, it's a real turning point for this organization. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't scary, think they're actually. scapegoating Chile. I think they're saying this was not good enough and we are going to fix it right now. And maybe take some serious measures to do so. And, you know, we'll have to wait until, uh, the actual off season when players can move around and free agents are available and stuff to really see that. But I I don't, I don't think they're scapegoating Chili Davis. I think they're, you know, admitting that the move and the change in philosophy was a mistake and they don't have time with this group and just their expectations to, you know, let it breathe and, and, you know, see how it develops over years and years of, you know, implementing this philosophy. So I think Theo was very blunt about some of this stuff in the press conference and it, it spoke more to me. This is all coming from sort of a sense of urgency and, and, and just not being pleased with what the current status quo is, even though the status quo relative to most baseball teams is very good. Uh, so I just, yeah, that, that was one, one thing I, I, wasn't particularly fond of in reading like I don't they're not scapegoating him this is I think a a small piece in a a bigger overhaul that we're about to see but uh you know and then just the other thing is something that I've I said repeatedly about coaches in in general that this this does not uh, indicate that they believe or that people were right or anything like that that this was all Chile's fault we're never really going to know uh but it's just one of those things where you know you you have some down performances across the board you have so many guys uh who you know their power just disappeared I, I don't remember who said it on Twitter but I read a tweet uh from someone on my timeline today that you know like sort of stuck out at me like I I don't want to be sitting around in like mid-August wondering if Wilson Contreras is ever going to hit a home run again <laughs> Yeah, you know and and like that's that's part of it and that doesn't mean it's all Chile's fault But when you have regression in some of these players across the board, you have a horrible performance in the second half. I mean, they're in the bottom half of basically every major offensive category in the second half of this Major League Baseball season, and you exit the playoffs and lose the division, pretty much solely because of your offense in the last, you know, few days of the season. Completely because of the offense. Something's got to give, right? And I mean, this is just, again, I don't think that Chili Davis is going to be the only significant change that we see. You know, we've talked about Manny and Bryce and those things. And, you know, maybe moving some of these younger guys. So I think this is just the first step. Uh, But it doesn't mean... That this was all Chili Davis's fault, or you know, like you said, that everything he did uh, was negative. I, I, I do a, a small bone to pick, though, with with something you said and something I, I've seen around. I' I'm not necessarily interested in hearing that Chili Davis was good for Jason Hayward.
0: Uh, I don't, I don't buy that. Jason Hayward. Okay. So let me can I, can, with can I clarify his that? Own, sure, go ahead. Okay. So here's here's I know where you're going with this, and I agree with it. And when I even when I said that. I knew that may piss you off. I know Hayward has his own hitting instructor. I know a lot of the changes he worked and implemented were back in January and December before Chili Davis really had an effect. And I get that. What I'm trying to say is it could have been easy for Chili to come in and tell Hayward, you know what, do this, 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 and completely completely continue that trajectory of changing his philosophy in in terms of hayward philosophy he didn't do that and you have to admit that they they did work together i know hayward didn't have a monstrous year but you know what he did produce more runs and that's undeniable it's not a drastic increase but he he was better this year he's about league average this year so i guess that was my point but i i understand what you're saying
1: yeah so i was gonna say that and also you know like Look, the guy had a 650 OPS in the second half and looked pretty much identical to the guy that we've seen uh, during his first two years. To be fair, the you don't I know, know
0: that... how injuries influence that, though. Sure. So,
1: I, again, I understand. Yeah. I just think that when you, you know, are looking at like Javi, for example, and, you know, him breaking out, okay, yeah, like I, I think, you know, we can maybe look and, and think that Chile had a, a, a positive impact there in helping, uh, you know, maybe Baez break out um I, I don't know I I think that we as a fan base got a little caught up in Hayward being uh <laughs> you know that bit better in the first half and are kind so, of now so, just conveniently ignoring I, I do... that he was terrible in the second half uh, yeah, so I but I didn't really want to turn this into a a bash Hayward thing I just I, I think like I guess my point is is if if we're giving you know if a reason to keep chili was that hayward was barely a league average hitter this year i don't think that's a very good case for uh <laughs> maintaining chili davis but brendan well, i i'm curious and i i don't necessarily have any uh names jumping off the page at me but but anybody uh, around the league that you know is maybe on your short list, or if you don't have any specific names um, particular philosophies or, or, or things that, you know, maybe you think, okay, now we've kind of seen these two extremes here, right? A, a team that strikes out a lot and hits a lot of home runs uh, versus a team that's not striking out as much and, you know, maybe geared more towards uh, making as much contact as possible. Anything that kind of you're, you're, you're looking for as, as we, I guess, enter a, a, a coaching search here early in the off season
0: Whatever the Red Sox did,
1: um after they got rid of chili davis i i want that so well, i don't think jd martinez is going to be a free agent again but they can well, try there
0: is a, there is another free agent out there that does hit a lot of homers uh, i think you know who it is but from an actual coaching perspective i have no idea i know they have andy haynes who was in iowa with uh john malley when he was the hitting instructor so who knows if they even just say you know what andy haynes take it over go from here to be fair like he ended up Not fixing Schwarber, but he really got him out of his funk in 2017 when he was demoted. So maybe they just go with an internal hire because of that continuity like you were talking about. I would not be surprised there. What I'm looking for, man, if you were to tell me, if you were to ask that question last year, I would have given you an answer that described Chili Davis. And (coughs) I really would have. And it's funny what a year makes and what just proof does i guess uh because at the time even with john malley like these guys were making drastic changes i can pinpoint every single player on this team and what changes they made under john malley and we can go from Addison russell's batting stance you can go from kyle schwarber you can go from kb's posture you can go from wilson kjuris's toe top there's so many ways you can go about looking how john malley affected the team and I like that. I like that experimentation to a degree. So I was on board with getting Chili Davis in there to kind of shift the philosophy a little bit. And it just didn't work. So I guess now what I'm looking for is just let these guys kind of be themselves. Um, you know, Ian Hap's going to strike out a lot if he's still with the team. Kyle Schwarber, he's going to strike out a lot too. It's just the natural. It's a natural course that these guys take in their careers is how they got to this level. I don't know. I think to a degree, Javi Baez broke out because the Cubs, quote unquote, let him be. I don't know if I'm buying that per se. I just, I didn't necessarily see that. The peripherals will suggest that, but I didn't see that. So I guess what I'm looking for kind of is not, not change. It's so hard to make these drastic changes while facing major league pitching every day. I just kind of want these guys to go out there and and not have to worry about film of their mechanics or their approach or, or going out there thinking too much. But I'm not I'm not qualified to, to, to make these assumptions or to guess what they want to do or what they should do. I'm not qualified for that. I can just say from watching a team over the years, what has not worked are these extreme philosophies. So what's to fix? Don't have an extreme philosophy, right? That's kind of where I'm leading to right now. Um but, I think ultimately, what we're going to see like i'm I'm gonna be blunt i I will be surprised if all of Schwarber, Hap, and Elmora are with the team next year. I'll be surprised. I just I don't know. I feel as if the the quote of Theo wanting to evaluate based on production and not talent was basically looking at those three guys, right? like who else would they be talking about? So I think it's a mix. I think it's changing personnel, but at the same time, kind of owning the fact that this is who you have as a player unit, as a core, and you run with it. And that's okay. It really is okay. I think a lot of the numbers, like the runners in scoring position and the lack of situational hitting that we saw in 2017, and to be fair, even the times during 2016, like that just may come as a consequence of all the other good things these guys do. And that runners and scoring position metric that we saw, they were fine last year, guys. They still produced more runs with runners in scoring position than the average team. And it was actually better than 2016. Believe it or not, it was better.
1: Yeah, uh, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, no no necessary names jump out to me or anything like that. Um, Kind of what I said before. I, I just want to see these guys not struggling to put up numbers that I think are you know reasonable to expect from them like I I don't like I said I don't want to see Wilson Contreras struggling to like literally ever hit a ball with authority or hit a home run Um, you know so I'm not necessarily in favor of going back to like let's just hit as many home runs as possible and you know boom or bust but I, you know, with this group and just the way everything worked out, the making more contact, you know, spraying the ball all over the field and, you know, not necessarily worrying about the power as much, it it didn't work. So I I think anything that, um, you know, kind of gets us back to highlighting the the real skills and raw talent of these players, I I think is the way to go. Um, But with that I do want to transition, I suppose, a little bit to another
0: report that came out. Actually, Cork, can I give, can I give one week? more thought before we do that? Of course. Okay. The thought came to me, and I actually heard a lot of other people talking about this, and it's it's fair. I think over the last three baseball seasons now, and for the better part of 2017, 2017 2018, these, these guys have split time. Schwarber has not been an everyday player. Same with Almora, same with Hap, and even in 2017, same with Javi. And I bring that up because Javi was able to fail in 2018 and play the next three to four consecutive games. I bring that up because maybe this this philosophy of having so much depth and not having everyone play on a daily, consistent basis... Maybe that's not the way to go. And I know you and I over the years have personally loved that idea of kind of mixing and matching and giving guys days off and not going with a strict, quote-unquote, you know, classic traditional baseball lineup on a daily basis. Maybe that's not the way to go about doing this. Maybe you need Schwarber to play consistently to fight through these battles so he can develop and adjust faster, right? Right. So that's one of my my lasting thought is maybe the depth won't be as strong next year, and that might be intentional to boost the development of some of these guys.
1: I think that's possible. I I do think also, though, that some of these guys did get a pretty fair shake in terms of uh, their playing time and their ability to play play. You know, d- consistently over periods of time. Well, I what, think I, that, what I mean you know, by in, that is, in terms is... of happen Almora specifically, I, I think you know, thinking back just to 2018, they they, they both went through periods where they were kind of just unplayable. Um, you know, but like when Al was hot early in the year, Joe didn't shy away from putting him in there, even in some matchups that weren't perfect for him. But I I do see what you mean, and I think that overall, you know, we have kind of seen that. That reliance on youth and kind of hoping that you can can piece that production together with with in house options that that you've developed, you know, is a risky strategy, and it might not yield daily production. You know, which I think is obviously something that I'm going to address.
0: Well, I mean, you look at Almora. Okay, so Almora started the year off basically above league average in almost every offensive category, just general mm-hmm. offensive category. He got off the rails in the second half and he only accumulated 480 plate appearances last year and that's a lot don't get me wrong but it's not your standard 600 that you see from most daily players and what did that do to Almora? well he finished a year with a 305 Woba and 89 WRC plus and so my, my thought process here is that when pitchers adjusted to Almora, which they did in the second half he didn't play consistently or as much as he did earlier in the year. Like For example, during Colorado in that May series, uh, when Javi, when basically Al Mago was the leadoff group, batting one and two, those guys carry the team, and, and Amora was a significant part of that. I'm not saying you need to play Amora every day, but I'm, what I'm saying is like maybe this this not inconsistent but sporadic playing time is just not promoting these guys development They're not giving them the opportunity to adjust on the fly. And yes, you may go through these downs and these lows, but ultimately maybe that's the way to go. I don't know.
1: I suppose, but I think just as easily you could counter that by saying that, you know, and we've talked about this with some of these guys before, that that sometimes, you know, if you can get 400, 350 solid plate appearances from these guys, you know, maybe that's the best you can get. Like I personally, I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, but I don't want Albert Almora getting 600 plate appearances. I think that's nuts. I'm
0: not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I I think it, I
1: think it varies. I think it varies player to player, you know, and I think that sometimes, you know, that that's just where guys are and and playing them more doesn't necessarily mean that yes, they have the time to adjust. And I think, you know, you want them to have that, but I, I think you can't give that to everybody. I don't think everybody's going to excel in a, in a, in a situation
0: but like that. A, but I see, I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, but isn't that a problem, though, that you don't, and this is kind of where I'm coming at, and I'm thinking on the fly here, and I'm not saying I want to do this and, and trade these guys or whatever, but I think the point is fair, but isn't that a problem that you don't want to give a Morris 600 plate appearances? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Isn't that is like... Is it?
1: I mean, I feel like I'm just being honest well, with what I think his production can be. I, not that, everybody has to play
0: every day. What about Schwarber? Are you comfortable with him getting 600? More than Almora. but are you comfortable in general excluding Almora? it would depend on what the rest of the roster is.
1: I mean I think when I, I think but the, th- again, the, but the that's- problem that we're unearthing here in this conversation is is kind of what the problem with the roster development was this year, and that you, you know you had an outfield of guys who you know really none of them do you want on the field every day, <sighs> and unfortunately, none of them kind of developed into uh, the type of player where it was like okay like. This is set, and he's just going to play every day. You know, they they all had flaws, and I think Joe did a a pretty good job, all things considered, of managing those flaws and 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 trying to put them in in
0: situations to succeed. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sold on any one way to go about this. Of course, I'm thinking out loud, but I, I the thought came to me is like it might be a problem if you and I, or just me personally. Doesn't want to give Amora six hundred plate appearances, or they, or I don't want to give Haps six hundred plate appearances, or even Schwarber. That might be a that might be a personnel problem. That might be like we got to stop evaluating in terms of talent and instead in production. Like these guys are getting older, and I think. The reason I brought this up was strictly because of what Baez did this year. This was the first year, Corey, in his career that Baez had over 510 plate appearances. He had 645 this year. And that was sometimes because of injuries to Addy and and, and what happened, of course, off the field and just injuries to KB and everyone. It It, it happened. And Ultimately, it was for his betterment to some degree, so that's why I brought yeah, it up. So,
1: like, I I, under, I understand what you mean, but Albert Almora is not Javi Baez. Like, I, that's, I don't. That, that's, I, that's where I'm getting a little confused. But that's with the where point you're I'm making. That's
0: the point I'm making. Like, we know Albert's not Javi Baez right now. Like, <laughs> I guess. But he, makes, but he was never gonna be. He never
1: had half the the tools and and just sort of raw talent that Javi did. Giving both of them well, six hundred plate uh, appearances
0: shouldn't yield the same okay. result well, just because they have time to adjust. Well, Almora is a bad example. We can shift and we can use this example for Schwarber if we wanted to. Like Schwarber has that potential that Javi has, fourth overall draft pick. Like, he, of course, he has it. Do you feel comfortable next year giving Schwarber lock it up six hundred plate appearances? Again, it would depend on the rest
1: of the roster, but I'm open to it. But I but I know what you're getting at, and that's, that's that he at, yeah. has not developed against left-handed pitching. I I, I I, understand where you're coming from. I just think it's a, a more nuanced approach to everything, to really like unearth the, the right system here it. for I all of it. this. Well,
0: like I said, the only reason I brought that up, because the Cubs M.O., over the last three years was let's play these guys, but let's not do it on a daily basis to kind of protect them, give them the right matchups. But the moment they end up not having that matchup, they get wrecked. And again, I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm owning to this idea that you know what, play these guys consistently or daily. I'm just kind of self-reflecting. And I think the front office will do as much. In terms of what they're going to do with their personnel, that's 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 a really right, and and I think overall too, like
1: what what you're, you're you and I maybe both are getting at here is that you know you want at the end of the day when you have so much young talent and not all of it or you know several of these guys are not taking big steps forward, you do have to look and say okay, like a you know what do we need to be doing to to win and and to put the best team on the field. But also, if we're going to invest in these guys, how do we make sure we're getting the most out of it and, and continuing to progress them forward? And it yeah. seems like, especially in 2018, that did not happen with pretty much anybody but Javier Baez. So, so I, I I do understand what you're saying. I think it's just the, the particular examples kind of matter, and they, they sort of change the context of everything. But I do want to... Uh, shift to this other uh, report here, because partially because I we're probably going to be litigating the uh, you know Schwarber Hap elmora situation for a good while going forward. So you know, st- strap in for probably Ugh. 15 more of those conversations <laughs> until they they start making moves uh, in terms of the, you know transactions and stuff. But like I said earlier, always consider the source with. Reports. So we got a report earlier this week uh, from David Kaplan, again, consider the source, where he suggested that Chris Bryant turned down an extension, quote, well north of $200 million. And I believe he would deny it. uh, I believe that CAP did that and it came out suggesting that it was a recent development then when multiple Cubs beat writers and other, uh, sources came forward and said, I am not hearing that. And I'm pretty sure that's not true. Captain kind of backtracked and said, well, I said several months ago, which uh, today he apparently decided means last off season potentially, which is a pretty big stretch. Um, but anyway, this was in the news. So we, you know, are going to bring it up, but, again, given the source and the fact that several people I trust more than David Kaplan, um, including Bruce Levine, Sadev Sharma of The Athletic, and uh, a person that Evan Altman of CubsInsider.com has talked to, uh, all of which I trust very much. Uh, you know, I, I, I just think that the, the timeline of this is not right. And, and when the report came out, it, it made it seem like Chris Bryan basically last week said no to an extension with the Chicago Cubs. And that's how it got translated to different people. And, you know, you just have people reacting to it in that sense. Um, So I'll throw it to you, Brendan, just general thoughts uh, on this particular report um, and, you know, maybe trying to figure out exactly where the truth lies in in this particular scenario.
0: I don't think the Cubs have not... Approached KB on an extension um, within the last year or two. Uh, this f- recent report is false. It's a fabrication. that has been said as much by multiple people, and you trust other people who are more connected. And nothing against, you know, David Kaplan or whatever. It's a different topic. But when Sahadev or even Ken Rosenthal or a lot of these guys connected directly with Chris Bryant or for Kent Rosenthal directly connected to Scott Boris. That's when you take the reports as credible. Um, my my thoughts about that is I'm not gonna consider that to be a realistic possibility until we get better reports. Of course I would love the Cubs to extend KB. Um, under the mindset of he has the the skill set and the portfolio to age well. So just give the man his money. That's my mindset. But at the current point, I I wouldn't really expect an extension from KB unless you're giving him the Giancarlo Stanton extension. And if that's the case, then maybe we won't even see KB realistically consider that um, in the next year or two in terms of somewhere in the ballpark of that extension. But yeah, Corey, that, that report is disingenuous, essentially. Uh, Kaplan said he heard that several months ago which sounds as if you he heard that in you know august or september or whenever right but in reality he was saying last off season. which who knows who knows what the numbers were we didn't even hear that the number was close to 200 who knows what that even means i'm just not taking that report seriously
1: yeah. I mean, ba- basically what I, I want to make clear here is, like you just said, Brendan, they have definitely talked about this. And we have heard that Bryant and Boris have said no before. That That is not news. But this coming out, and again, part of this seems like it's Cap's fault in terms of the language that he used and the fact that he was currently discussing it on his radio show and kind of transitioning that to uh, conversations of like you know bryant's future and and all that, which again implies that it was a recent thing and something that you know was a decision based on the current like today 's scenario with everything right? right and and that's the part that I think we really want to address like we knew that they've discussed this before and it has not gotten anywhere like that we 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 all knew that, but implying that this was recent would have different implications if this was last week like that would have different implications than if he said no say a month or a few months after winning, you know, the National League MVP. Like it, it's just, it's a very different situation when you, you consider those things, you know? And I think yeah. obviously like, you know, you look at the year he had, he was hurt. He put up, uh, you know, numbers that we have not at all come to expect from him. If the Cubs came to him with a massive extension and he said no after this year, I'm not saying he'd be wrong to say that, but again, it would have a very different implication as for the state of their relationship and, and their future going forward if this was two weeks ago versus a year ago or in a different off season, So, um, yeah, I'm going to defer uh, to Sahadev on this one. He's around the team every day, um, and they have very strong connections with some of the top people in the industry. Um, and, you know, again, nothing against Cap, but Cap is— you know, one of those guys who just says, well, my people with the Cubs, that's not good enough, you know? yeah. I, just because the guy's on TV doesn't give him, you know, uh, the the utmost authority or make him infallible and stuff like that. And I'm always going to defer to the beat writers who are in that locker room, who are talking to Theo on a daily basis, who are talking to Joe on a daily basis, and who I am aware have very strong relationships with guys like Scott Boris.
0: So, um, and there's no uh, purpose you know, too. I, here's, I, here's the thing, too. Like there's no yeah. purpose for those individuals connected to the Cubs to disclose that information to David Kaplan. If they want to make an immediate impact, let's say Scott Boris's team wants to make an immediate impact on these negotiations. Corey, Scott Boris is not gonna go to David Kaplan. He's gonna go to he's gonna go to some national writer. he's gonna go to John Morosi, he's gonna go to, to Ken Rosenthal. So it's not coming from that camp. And likewise, if the Cubs want to put pressure on Chris Bryant to sign, which who knows, I'd be floored if they were doing this to the media. Again, those guys have a locked seal on what gets out of that front office. They're not going to go to David Kaplan. Okay, they're going to go to guys who are more connected with the team. So that's where I think the issue lies. I'm not saying don't trust David Kaplan, but on situations and rumors on this Scale on this level, it doesn't make sense that everyone else who are normally connected with the team is not hearing that same information. That just doesn't sound as if it's a realistic possibility or a realistic topic of discussion between Boris and KB.
1: So, like I said,
0: uh, again,
1: uh, just wanted to make clear because this came out and I have seen this confused in many places because cap was able to give whatever clarification he wanted that this was several months ago whatever he said but when a report like that comes out and it gets disseminated to different outlets different blogs different instagram feeds etc it gets boiled down to chris bryant rejected the cubs extend, extension offer and right. and so i i just want to make sure if you've been reading that and you know maybe just read it in passing just understand like i vehemently do not believe that this is something that happened recently that cap is alluding to reports that we were already aware of that in years past off seasons past they have tried to get those discussions going and it didn't really get anywhere but this is not new news and this is not something that is uh, necessarily reflective of the current state of things like today that that's that's all that you know i i just want to make clear the other thing, you know, just on this topic, and, and not specifically related to CAP or, or anybody, uh, but we are in that period of the off-season, folks, where anytime you hear anything, you have to try to figure out why would this information be out there. You were kind of alluding to it a second ago, Brendan. But anytime you hear this, you have to remember agents will put things out there to get a better deal for their free agent client. You know, we were hearing all sorts of stuff the last off season about, you know, Alex Cobb, you Darvish, this, and half the stuff is just to drum up interest. You know, we yeah. hear this, this guy's got interest from X, Y, Z, ABC, a thousand different teams. Right. And sometimes you got to ask yourself, Hmm. who would it behoove if everybody in the world believed this report right and that's not to say that it's it's all false but we just we are in that period where you you always have to read things and if it's a report that's what it is and until it's a fact and until contracts are signed and you know deals are struck you you have to Take things with a grain of salt. That's just sort of how the off season goes, you know. And especially going into an off season where you are going to have uh, a few massive contracts and and you know some of the game's best players available in the free agent market, it's it's gonna get it's gonna get messy out there. Like there's there's probably gonna be a lot of reports on a lot of different things, uh, and you know just always good to kind of keep an eye on things. Uh, I would also you know point out just for the sake of the conversation we just had david kaplan did suggest that joe madden was probably going to get fired if they lost that wildcard game <laughs> and that did not happen so again like i'm just saying like again yeah he not said better than 50 chance cap. yeah he, well right and he it, it got a bunch of clicks it got a bunch of play and then it doesn't happen so and you know then he's able to say well i only said it was 50 50 right <laughs> uh again nothing specifically against cap but just sometimes i think that some of the stuff that he says in reports you know kind of feel like they're you know ratings drivers you know and and, and trying to drum up conversation and i don't necessarily blame him but it, i think it's our duty as people who sit here and talk about the cubs for an hour you know relentlessly to you know kind of try to get to the bottom of what the actual truth of the situation is yeah all right cory
0: uh who you got in the NLCS, or better yet, who would you be more? Ugh, what's the word I'm even looking for here? Like, which team is more palatable, the the Dodgers or the Brewers? Here, what do you want to see?
1: Man, I, mean, I good god, yeah. Um, this is I. I don't know. I, I've racked <laughs> my brain over this. I can um, give you mine first if that's easier for you. It, it'll just give me ten more seconds to to think about it, but yeah, hit me with all it. All right. So this is what I want to happen. But but when all you right. tell me, yeah. okay, I, I want you to to phrase it. You can explain it, but I do want you to phrase it. I, Brendan Miller, am rooting for
0: the. No, I can't blank. Do that. I
1: want you to say
0: it. All right. I I'm want not, you to feel it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not rooting for any of these teams. Let me. I'll phrase it this way. <laughs> I would enjoy. I would enjoy the brewers not playing in a world series. Okay. What does that mean? I would also enjoy the Los Angeles Dodgers not winning the World Series. Do you see do you see where I'm going there? So whatever I see the mental gymnastics yeah, you're doing you, to avoid what I asked you to do. Sometimes that's what you have to do. So yes, that's what I would like to see. I would like the Brewers to not play in the World Series and I would like the Dodgers to not win the World Series cuz deep down inside like Seeing LA lose back-to-back World Series would be incredible. Like sign me up for that. See this is see this
1: is what you've done is is you've you you've you've somehow twisted it so that you're I'm not that. really rooting for the Dodgers. You just want them to lose in the World Series again. But in reality, what I heard and what I think our listeners heard is, my name is Brendan Miller, and I want the Dodgers to win the pennant.
0: <laughs> All right, your turn. let see. Let's see if
1: you can do this. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I got to be honest with you. I, I think I'm on the same page. Um. You guys have heard us talk. I, to be honest with you, Brendan, I think we've talked more smack about the Los Angeles Dodgers oh, 100%, than any 100%. single person or entity in the world. I, I think that that's number one. If if it's something else, let us know. But I I think that's number one. But you guys listen to us, so uh maybe it's something else. But I. The the thing that has, has really stuck with me through this process is just how, how much of the Brewers' success feels like the White Sox. And what I mean by that is from, be it their official Twitter account, their Instagram account, all of the fans that I've come across on Twitter, everything that happens to the Milwaukee Brewers is only... An affront to the Cubs. So they win the division. It's not, yes, we won the division. It's, ha-ha, Cubs, we won the division. <laughs> they, The Cubs lose to the Rockies. It's not, oh, okay, we got to prepare for the Rockies. It's, ha Cubs, you're not in the playoffs anymore. When they sweep the Rockies, it's not, yes, we're going to play for the pennant. It's, oh, where are the Cubs at? When do they play? Fly the L. Ha-ha-ha. So it, it just feels so much like an affront like a personal affront to the Chicago Cubs and their fans and I just don't get that sense from the Los Angeles Dodgers I detest them I detest their fans uh more than than Brewers fans so say but it. say it but current you didn't get out of here <laughs> but currently you know the Cubs and Dodgers traded blows we beat them in 2016, we won the world series. The Chicago Cubs won the world series in 2016 beating the Cleveland Indians in 7 games. And the Dodgers beat the Cubs in 2017 and they lost to the Houston Astros in 7 games. So, you know, they did their thing. They traded blows for a couple of years top of the National League and didn't involve with each other this year. So it's sort of you know, it 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 feels like if they're going to succeed do it in a year where the Cubs had nothing to do with it. So, it, it, you know, you're not getting over on the Cubs. There's nothing like that. Um, but I think between, again, the the constant trash talk from the Brewers, again, their official media personalities who I, I swear must be like 14-year-olds uh, and their fans, it just is so directed at the Cubs. And it's just such a visceral hatred of the Chicago Cubs Um you know, and, and maybe I considered it a tie, right, at that point. Like, okay, I hate the Dodgers. I've always hated the Dodgers. I've had terrible experiences there in person. But the Brewers are, you know, mouthing off about the Cubs. Well, what's the tiebreaker, everybody? Do you know what the tiebreaker is, Brendan? I don't know, Corey. What is it? Sure you do. He plays left field.
0: <sighs> so there's so
1: it's many. It's Ryan Braun. The yeah. tiebreaker is Ryan well, Braun. That, that's, that's just how this works. That That's how I saw it in my mind. I thought it was close. I, I have more of a history of hating the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, more playoff pain caused by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, That's fair, I guess. But the Milwaukee Brewers have Ryan Braun, and the notion of Ryan Braun winning a pennant or a World Series or really just being happy in general for like five minutes, e- even just in the off season, Like if something good happens to him, <laughs> uh, he wins a free taco. I, I don't like it. I don't think it should happen, and anything that— that gets there um I'm against so like you I am uh probably best case scenario is either the Astros (laughs) or the Red Sox uh beating the Los Angeles Dodgers in the World Series and I would probably defer to the Red Sox I'm not super thrilled with some of the things that uh have gone on with the Houston Astros namely the uh
0: closer that they have uh but and the smack they've talked about, like Dallas Keuchel. That's true, right? Dallas example. Keuchel did mouth off about the Cubs as well. I okay. forgot about so that. I think, yeah, I so think, I,
1: I I guess I'm rooting for the Red Sox, I which is I think we've decided gross, that. But, yeah.
0: that's You know, that's okay. This Theo still has some of his fingerprints on that team. It's okay, like Mookie Betts, for example. <laughs> um,
1: that's so. that's a bit of a stretch, but we'll work <laughs> with that, sure. So
0: we we can... Well, or, or
1: really, Brendan? We're just hoping for the Red Sox to win the World Series, so that then the trend is literally fire Chili Davis, sign a
0: big free agent, win the World Series. It's just how the world. That's works. how you know history repeats itself. Corey, let's put it right. that way. But right. are we are we confident saying you and I we can declare this officially that the Red Sox are now the team whom we want to win? Is that fair?
1: I, you know if. Uh, them just outright canceling the rest of the season and leaving the trophy vacant for a year is not an option. Then I guess,
0: yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Apparently, So there, there, there you go. So the official statement of Corey and me is that we want, or we prefer, or we tolerate is perhaps a better word. The Boston Red Sox winning the world series. And if we're being honest here, like I just prefer a clean sweep from, from the Red Sox over the Dodgers, this, don't even make it interesting. I don't want to see any happy Dodger fans. I, I work with Dodger fans. They're all around me. I don't want to see any happiness elude from their faces during the World Series. I want none of it. Give me a straight sweep. Do 16-1 to games. Whatever you have to do that they did to the Yankees, get it over with, done. Can't see it. That sounds nice, but, yeah,
1: it's, uh, it's a real mess. Uh, I'll probably watch. I can't help myself. I do watch most of these games. I don't watch them. But I can't. It hurts to I, Yeah. It really th- does. That NLCS is really just as bad as watch it gets. I I mean, you could swap the Cardinals, really, for either one of them, and it's sort of the same situation. Yeah. But, yeah, this is uh, not great. Though I do want to mention, um, just because we're, we're talking about the rest of the playoffs, I, I you know kind of bring it... Um, to a bit of a more Cubs-related theme, uh, on on this part, can we talk about like the alternate reality that the Cleveland Indians are in from I November? Could have been us from November third, twenty sixteen, to now, um, because I I think it is you know especially where, you know the Cubs just fired their hitting coach. We're you know spending this whole time talking about who's to blame for the offense, blah blah blah, and you know they they won 95 games they they get eliminated in the wild card game but the cleveland indians lose game 7 of the world series again a reminder the score was 8-7 in 10 innings the chicago cubs, cubs won the yep. world series yep. well, champs, yep. um just for clarity in yep. case anybody forgets at any time uh, and they have not won a playoff game since Uh, they had, you know, that pretty miraculous stretch at the end of 2017 where they won, what was it? Like 20 something games in a row or something ridiculous like that, whatever it was, uh, they get bounced by the Yankees and then they make the playoffs this year. They've got a strong group and, uh, they get knocked out once again, uh, unceremoniously. And, you know, even those guys that had kind of carried them, Kluber getting knocked around Miller getting knocked around Cody Allen getting knocked around and it just is a um i don't know i was watching that series when they got eliminated the other day thinking like yeah this is one of those moments where you kind of reflect and say things are not bad for the chicago cubs (laughs) because it could be a very scary reality where uh that window is closing
0: and there's no championship folks it could have been us that could have been us and i don't know if i would have ever been able to recover from that but uh Thank God, man. Thank God we won that game. That's all I got to say. I stare, I always say this, but I stared Satan right in the eyes that night. When Raji Davis hit that homer, I saw Satan's face right in front of me. I saw it. I conquered it. I got over it. Perhaps one of my biggest fears is losing a game seven in that nature. And you know what? The Cubs won the World Series. The Cubs won that game seven. They won the World Series. They were World Series champs. You got to deal with that. For the Indians, God, man. Like, I, I, I feel like a tangible sense of empathy for that team are terrible yeah kind of i mean screw them too
1: honestly <laughs> but <laughs> all right uh yeah so man but yeah the the nlcs starting up on friday night and we get to see the brewers throw a bunch of clowns on the starting uh on their starting pitching mound and uh somehow win games so uh, but yeah they've still yet to lose so you know when we were talking about if the brewers keep this up etc uh, that feels like ages ago and they still haven't lost so uh, I guess kudos to them for that but uh, Brendan any anything else uh, where where are you here you know where we've got uh, you know, we're still in not even at mid-October yet so we've still got a bit of time to wait but uh, any 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 changes in your feelings of things as we're, you know, a week removed from the Cubs being eliminated?
0: Uh, no. are, you,
1: are you, like, dying to get to the Manny Machado, Bryce Harper point kind of, of this offseason not... yet? Or are you kind of enjoying the, the stresslessness
0: period here? I well, f- well, I'm never not panicking over this team, so I wouldn't say it's stressless to a degree. It kind of is, but I... I mean, you're not going to want to hear this. I'm just going to be honest with you, but it like this off scares the hell out of me. Like this is going to be a weird off season. It's for for a while. Even when they won the World Series, you could look forward to these guys developing and taking the next step because they were 23, 24. They don't have that luxury anymore. They're getting older. Like they're reaching their peaks uh, in terms of when guys usually peak at certain ages. So I'm kind of scared. Like that's where I am. Um, I'm still confident. Like I'm confident in the front office. Although what happened last year is, it it kind of puts things into perspective that even you know some of these guys in 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 the front office are not infallible either. Um, so that's kind of where I am. Ultimately, I'm extremely confident in this group of players. I'm extremely confident. And the Cubs pitching next year, they're going to bring back the majority of their rotation. I'd be surprised if Cole Hamels is not back. But that's where I am. I'm 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 kind of scared because I know like this team may not look like it did in 2018 come spring training. And that could be a good thing, but at the same time, it could be a scary thing because a lot of the reasons that we remained optimistic was because they had this youth on their side. And we're getting to a point where like, Yes, youth technically is on their side, but it's not the, to the same degree. So that's where I'm at. That probably was extremely uh, discouraging there, but hopefully you can find some encouragement in that. I, I do
1: like that you kind of pretended at the beginning that the Cubs not playing, you know, you, you didn't have to be all stressed out. And then by the end of the show, you're like, well, this off season makes me really nervous. I think our audience and I know you better than to think that any period of the year you're, you're calm during, I think everybody knows that's a lie. Uh, yeah. they could have the whole roster built, You could be totally comfortable with it. And then you'd watch Bryce Harper getting into a hot tub on his Instagram story and think, Oh, that floor could be really slippery. Corey. I don't know. What but if he gets hurt?
0: Just don't burn
1: yourself, man. That water could be <laughs> hot. God. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I haven't really changed that much. I, I wasn't really that I, I overly freaked out. I think when they got eliminated, I was just disappointed. Um, but I'm I'm ready for it. I think those those kinds of bigs off seasons, exciting moves, turnover, stuff like that. I think it's exciting, and you know sometimes it's nice to just be comfortable in that roster. You make a couple things, and you know you just kind of see what happens. But you know every now and again it's uh sometimes fun to shake things up a little bit get some new blood in there um you know and and really kind of you know maybe change the change the course of the organization but yeah. i think uh i think that's probably all we have for you this week it was uh in for us from a content perspective was kind of nice for the cubs to fire chili davis cuz otherwise i'm not really sure what we would have talked about for an hour um so you know look chili loses we win, you know. There, there's a winner and loser in everything. Uh, I guess. Thanks, Choi. But I think I think that was a, a good discussion. It's it's one that I still see raging on on Twitter. You know, as to uh, who is to blame for all of this and what firing Chile says and and uh, whether it was the right decision, wrong decision. And uh, yeah, I think it's a conversation that'll continue. And you know, ultimately, one that we may not ever really be able to pinpoint the exact answer on but it is something that happened the Cubs made that decision and uh you know we'll have to proceed forward uh you know with whatever they decide to do and whoever they decide to bring in to mold and craft this offense uh over the course of the offseason and into next year as far as our schedule goes uh I think we will come to you uh like I said as often as it feels like there is uh stuff worthwhile you know to, to ask you guys to listen to you know we, we don't want to waste your guys time so uh I wouldn't necessarily expect uh just once a week it'll kind you know it'll depend on how this off season goes uh but we do like coming to you guys uh so uh not necessarily positive but unlike during the season just be a little flexible with us you know I think we'll try to uh, we do like getting episodes out from Monday morning. Uh, you know, I think that's a good time. Uh, but this period of the year is obviously so much more driven by random news drops rather than, uh, you know, previewing and, and recapping series. So it's a little harder for us to keep an exact schedule, but you know, we know you guys, uh, you know, it, it, it's better for everybody if there's a little consistency. So we'll try to figure that out and, and, and report back to you guys. But, uh, just stick with us for now. Um, we're going to try to get on a normal schedule, give you, give you guys, uh, something to look forward to, uh, rather than just randomly dropping. But again, it, you know, is sometimes dictated by the schedule and, you know, how things change, you know, like last week what did we do? Two episodes yeah. in a two day span. So I think, you know, sometimes actually. that's just <laughs> how it is, but, yeah. oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but, we'll 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 try to to figure it out and and not necessarily just have it be uh so random but i think that's that's all we have uh for this episode uh as always uh we thank you guys for listening this has been the cubs related podcast presented by com. you can find us on iTunes the Apple podcast app tunein stitcher Google Play. We are available on Spotify now if you are a Spotify user. And as always, uh, you can find us on Spreaker, S P R E A K E R, which took the place of Blog Talk Radio. We do continue to read your feedback and see those iTunes reviews coming in. And as always, they are very much appreciated uh, when we do get. Feedback, constructive feedback. Uh, we do talk about it. You know, we've had we've had feedback several times that Brendan and I will uh, get on the horn together and you know, kind of go over and see if there's stuff that we can do. So, anything you guys are thinking um, or would like to hear, and, and and again, especially as we head into the off season, uh, what do you guys prefer from a scheduling perspective? Uh, anything you'd like us to be talking about? If there's downtime, you know, stuff that uh, you know maybe might be entertaining or you guys might look forward to hearing about, uh, if there isn't, you know, specific Cubs news or, uh, specific things that, that we can dial into. Uh, we, we always listen to that. And again, we always appreciate, uh, the positive reviews. And uh, star ratings on iTunes. That is very nice of you guys, and it is not lost on us that you guys take the time to do that. Uh, Again, stick with us at Cubs Related on Twitter and Instagram. I am at CF Cubs Related on Twitter. We'll try to uh, keep you guys updated on the schedule going forward. Uh, I don't think I mentioned his name during this podcast, so I just want to say hi to John Lester. Um, He's still a (laughs) Cub, and that makes me very happy. Uh, he's great. I was looking at a GIF of his beard this uh, this morning. Not something I think we really got an opportunity to fully appreciate. He was, you know, sort of growing that Arietta. I'm going to dominate you, beard. Uh, fear the beard, if you will. So, uh, yeah, I know it's at the end of the podcast, but John Lester's great. Uh, I appreciate him as a person and as a baseball player, and uh, I don't feel like going a whole episode without mentioning him. But other than that, uh, that's all we have. We thank you for listening. We will talk to you guys soon. And as always, go
0: Cubs. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah. Streaming Zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required.